0: Blog Talk Radio. Rolling. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your hosts, Joe Muzidla, Aaron, and Matthew Miller. Uh, Tonight's program, we're going to push uh, the issue with Well, just exactly what was the hanging gardens of Babylon. Certainly noted as one of the wonders of the world, and yet they could be quite a whole lot more than that, because the root word there for paradise, that's exactly what it means. So why were these gardens hanging? What was the purpose? And really, when you push the issue, a whole lot of things might make a whole lot of sense. Once you really start looking at the biblical data, Um, especially when you get into the extreme exegesis for the, well, captivity. Where was the captivity, ladies and gentlemen? That's right, Babylon. So when we look at things along that narrative, uh, things begin to get off the hook. Let's get Joe on first and get his... Uh, opening diatribe and his thoughts on these hanging gardens of Babylon.
1: All right. Um, to be honest, I had not heard of this um, and, and until you had mentioned this last night. I'd heard uh, more, not hanging-wise, but like terraces. Um, so after, oh gosh, hours of looking at this and a few squirrel moments where i i kind of veered off um which is easy for me to do uh just it gets it's one of those studies that is so complex and it ties in so many different things that i did have you know a couple (laughs) i call them squirrel moments where i look off to something else because it 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 makes you kind of go okay well what about this and then and then come back but uh uh, interesting enough it it, it it still tied into other things that i've been looking um at as well before you had brought this up uh and and mainly having to do with uh genetics and the assyrian false prophet which i know both you and aaron have done uh quite a bit of uh, extensive research and as well as uh shows uh demonstrating exactly what that could be and i've been looking at the exact same thing and uh kind of uh on my own and, and looking at some different uh possibilities and avenues and such and and so it kind of tied in with that as well uh, a little bit just with uh some different uh variances here and there but um anyways this was this was a, a just a mountain i don't know how many pages of notes i have and how many pages on my computer i have open but uh uh, just a mountain of, of really of information that uh leads to really uh almost a kind of a behind the scenes is where this goes um you know it it looks like just a a regular uh structure um that could have been built but you know what what was the actual purpose of it um Uh, Who were the people involved, the players, and then more importantly, uh, more behind the scenes, I guess, in the, I guess we could call it the, uh, the angelic realms, if you will, or, or uh, even down into, uh, well, paradise or, or such. And, and man, it just, it. It really uh, <laughs> it expands quite quickly, and uh, so yeah, uh, I was definitely uh, my mind was definitely stretched uh, exceedingly uh, in this study, so that's kind of uh, that's kind of my opening.
0: All right, well, there's a lot of things that you and I can appreciate you being a a uh, mechanic and or a slash machinist of sorts. You can understand why most people don't get uh, the purpose of uh, the grid coordinate system. You have an X, you have uh, X and Y. That don't cut it. Ladies and gentlemen, look, it's all right to have a particular latitude and longitude. That's X and Y coordinates. However, it's not going to do you any good. Uh, You have to understand that you could be on top of a mountain. Or you could be at the bottom of the Maranerith Trench, the Challenger Deep. You need the Z coordinate. You need need the altitude. This is exactly what is being uh, relayed by, of course, this this parable of the great riddle of Hades. Uh, We know that uh, uh, the rich young landowner, that's what the Greek says, says landowner, young landowner, uh, cried out to uh, Abraham. Let Lazarus get, you know, a little bit of water and quench my thirst. Well, remember that there was a guff between them. They were in Hades, yet this generation, uh, through uh, the propaganda of the entertainment industry, has it into their head that somehow the Tower of Babel was trying to build a stairway to heaven. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Biblically speaking, what they were doing was creating a escalator into Hades. That's what they were trying to do. Uh, they would never try to ascend the throne of the living God. Nobody was trying to go to heaven. Nobody would. So, once you understand this concept, everything just blows wide open prophetically. You're able to understand what the Bible says in multiple places. You begin to understand why it is that uh, not only was there the hanging gardens at Babylon of course the mighty Sennacherib had his own as well and you begin to realize that that mechanically speaking they were trying to get an elevation look at it this way me and Aaron have did extensive research and broadcast on this explaining to you the simple fact that uh, uh, there are different uh, dimensions those dimensions are like rungs on a ladder Okay, so if you was to uh, go through a gate, you would wind up in Hades, if you did so at ground level. The purpose of building a tower of Babel, the whole purpose of that was to get the Z coordinates, to get the altitude right. So that you could magically not wind up in Hades when you went through the gate. No, 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 no. You'd wind up on that floating isle of paradisio, paradise. Now, when you look at the biblical text and realize, oh my goodness, that's why they were building a tower. They were trying to get the elevation proper. So they went through the gate. They wouldn't wind up in Hades. They would wind up on the Isle of Abraham's bosom. So, with this in mind, you you look at the simple fact that, well, the historical references do uh, mention an augur. They have nice little fancy terms for it, but we here in America know what an auger is if you have anything to do with grains or grain bins. You know what an auger is. Well, that's how the Babylonians uh, got the water up to the hanging gardens, and they run a terrace system, i.e., ladies and gentlemen, I explained explain to you what a terrace is. That's a story. It's a story. These things are described as being built in, in, in vertical stories, and the story above the of the one below was smaller, so it created like a a mountain because they were trying to redistribute the weight and make it less the farther they went up, thereby creating more stability at the bottom, always having the base bigger than the level above it. So you have to realize that this makes sense, and and it makes so much sense, it's actually pretty scary. So with that in mind, Ladies and gentlemen, now I'm sure that your eyes are beginning to be open as to why there was a tower of Babel. Because if we were to go into the next dimension, the lower dimension into Hades, Hades would be at ground level. But this paradise that that is the place of Abraham's bosom, it seems to be floating above Hades in a pocket of protection, i.e. Abraham's bosom. This is exactly what the Bible is talking about in the source code, in the Hebrew, in the Greek, not this garbage language that we have. So no matter what you're reading it in, it doesn't matter if it's the New American Standard Bible, the KJV, the NIV, you're not getting it. You have to get to the code itself and realize what God was talking about. So it's really off the hook when you look at it. That is my opening diatribe. Aaron, uh, when you and I begin to Talk about this, I start sending you some text messages, and you're like, "Wait a minute, Daddy, That would make a whole lot of things make sense. Well, you have to have a context for that phrase. Well, yeah, it makes sense if you know what you're looking at if you're understanding the context that we're speaking of so Aaron, uh, the mic is yours." with your uh, opening diatribe and uh, your thoughts on how this would make things in the biblical narrative well, as you stated, make sense
2: well okay, so whenever people refer to the Tower of Babel, I mean they use the word Babel, it's it's a Hebrew word um, which means confusion it's also the Hebrew word for Babylon and it is Babylon Really, if you, if you so so with the placement of it, most um, use the Hebrew word in the land of Shinar in, in uh, Genesis chapter eleven for the place that they did it, but um, it, it would be better. It's better known in uh, it's better known in archaeology as Sumer which would be, um, I mean, if, if I were to offer a translation out there, that's what I would render it, because that's what you read in your in your history book. Sumer was the first Babylonian empire, and that's what you're seeing in the scriptures. The Sumerians, okay, so, so if you read the history of Babylon, Babylon is not a people. It's a place. There are, have been multiple people who took over the empire of, Babylon we have the the Kassites we have the Assyrians um, just just uh, multiple times we have different people taking over Babylon and what does that mean it, it well throughout history it has been a symbol of rebellion i'm going to say that it has been the, the symbol of pride and rebellion against god it is used in the the books of the prophets in reference to the the um, the false prophet, the, he's also referred to as the Assyrian, but, well, of course, the Assyrians did take over the Babylonian Empire for a time, and they were basically, you know, Babylonians. So, really, Babylon has always been a place of significance in the Middle East, and why? Well, let's go to... Babylon is actually a Greek rendition of that Sumerian word, which means, uh, which is Babu Alim, which means the gate of the gods, which is well known. The gates of the gods or gate of the god. So, what they were really trying to make a gate. It really meant to make a gate to into the, the the realm of the gods. And who were the gods? Um, scripturally, they were the angels, um, more specifically the ones who fell. Um, I, I I know this much. I, I, I usually connected it with uh, Genesis, I mean, with Isaiah chapter 14. When it refers to this Halel, um, it says, I will ascend above the stars and uh, be like the most high. Um, Do I think it refers to, you know, the fallen angel? I think perhaps. I think it can refer to more than one thing. I think the reference to a son of the dawn, or literally in Hebrew, son of of Shekar, we've done a Christian conspiracy theory on it. I think it refers to the first giant to exist after the flood, most people think that Nimrod did uh, started this the, the Tower of Babel, but I honestly think that Nimrod was the one who uh, took over after it. it calls him uh, Genesis chapter ten calls him a giant hunter in the Greek. Most most trans, he uh, faulty English translations say mighty hunter, um, Gibor uh, for mighty in he, in Hebrew. Um, it's it's basically a Hebrew word for giants. So when it, it literally calls him a giant hunter and he uh, went through a conquest, the implication is that in his con in his conquest, he was taking kingdoms of the giants away. If you read any other text in the Bible, um, historical, you know, other uh, apocryphal texts, we even have pagan texts in uh, – early America you have the Indians I forget who it was if it was the Mayans or Aztecs or someone else but they wrote in their texts about um, the Tower of Babel it was literally the Tower of Babel but they said it was erected by giants now I I don't believe it was literally erected by them but perhaps instigated uh, for some purpose and whatever that means to literally uh, equate themselves with the angels I don't know and um we know this much that uh in the letters to the Corinthians it's mentioned that paradise is in the third heaven and i mean that's something that really we really need to consider but i it really makes a lot of sense that this of all places would be that this this gate to the gods would be you know in eden and i know in the scripture i mean i haven't you know done a hardcore study on it but i know like looking through the strongs definitions and everything it's the assyrian the, uh, there it was considered that eden was an assyrian that there was also a place in assyria called eden because of the prophets mentioning it so much in reference to assyria but what if it was the same place that's uh, that's what i got to say
0: well, very good diatribe there, very very good uh, rock-solid base, and, and now people begin to understand, but you did fail to mention one simple thing. You bring up the one that, uh, in Greek, this means the gate of the gods, this, this is what this means, but everybody forgets to add the punchline. The punchline is this, ladies and gentlemen, where do you think Alexander the Great died? Yes, that's right, he died in Babylon. And that usually stops all conversations dead in their tracks. Yeah, Alexander could have went anywhere he wanted to. He decided uh, to stay and was going to make his capital, of course, Babylon. Now this this really, really is, well, throttling the mind under most circumstances. So with this in mind, um, let's... Aaron made an overt reference here at the end of his diatribe that paradise is supposed to be in the third heaven. Well, let's just do this, ladies and gentlemen. What are the layers of the atmosphere? Everybody knows the troposphere, right? That's that's where you live, right? One about, above this is the stratosphere, right? What's What's the third one? The mesosphere. The mesosphere. What I'm trying to say is this, ladies and gentlemen. Did they have to make the Tower of Babel three of their stories tall and if they created a gate there this gate of Babylon if they went through it would they have gone through into Abraham's bosom this pocket of protection in Hades this paradise in Hades so that really does get the gears turning upstairs when all of a sudden you... Well, why would
2: they want that?
0: Well, well, the the why they would want it is perfectly obvious. If, if they did so, if they went through this gate on ground level, they'd wind up in Hades, which of course is where the heat is, which is where the torment is. So, if they pass through to the third heaven at the proper altitude, bingo! They'd wind up on this floating island. So, Why would they wish to do this? Why would they want to do that? Well, for one thing, uh, talk about an expenditure of time. You'd live forever. Don't you understand that? Time would not expire. You wouldn't grow old. If you could get to paradise, oh my – look, why do you think it's called paradise?
2: This is the region scripture gives. It says so that they could make a name for themselves so they wouldn't be scattered abroad.
0: Well, they certainly wouldn't be scattered abroad if they were in paradise now, would they?
2: Actually, one of my, um, one of my teachers offered an interesting I, I, idea about the main reason why God caused the dispersion of the, at the Tower of Babel was because the humans failed to do what he said, and he said to fill the earth and to spread across the earth. They were overtly uh, disobeying him.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying son, don't you realize, look, what I'm saying is so grandiose, your mind's having trouble accepting it, what I'm saying is this, they weren't going to spread over the face of the earth, they were going to go to paradise and live forever they were escaping the face of the earth, they had no intention of living on the face of the earth, they had contrived in their mind we're going to escape to paradise that, that, that's why I put it. They knew they were going to be off the timeline. Don't, don't you realize? They were going to escape creation. They were going to escape the judgment, the judgment, Aaron. The judgment is what? You're going to live 120 years. Next, God said, spread out over the face of the earth on my footstool and populate it. Okay, they said no to all of the above. And what's worse is God said that whatever it was they contrived in their mind, they would be able to do because he had given them dominion. And once they had dominion, they were off the hook. They were off the hook. So don't you understand now? That's why he said it. it spread out all over the, the world and populate. And they said, no, we're going to build this tower to the proper height, so that we can escape your creation and your judgment, we're going straight to paradise. And when you come to grips with what the Hebrew and the Greek is saying, you're like, it rattles your cage, you're like, oh my! This was the utmost act of rebellion. (laughs) I mean, this was, this was rebellion unhinged. I mean, they were, throwing away everything they were literally rejecting God's creation we'll just escape into paradise and we'll live forever we don't have to have babies we don't have to do we don't have to live, die we don't have to hose the ground we don't have to get our hands dirty we're just going to go into paradise and kick back and live forever it's enough to rattle your cage but when you look at the Greek all right, I mean Aaron you've already stated it yourself Oh, now everybody's sitting there, they started to sweat, right? Thinking about Alexander the Great. There was none like him. Now, the three ribs in his jaw, remember the lopsided bear? Yeah. What was the three ribs in his sweat? Well, his mother, that prophecy. The oracle Delphi, that prophecy. And, of course, the, the Egyptian uh, sublime. Right? Yeah, that's all three of the prophetesses said he was going to do what? So God put a stop to it. Well, now you can just stop wondering about, well, why did Alexander the Great die? What did he, all of a sudden he got sick and... Yeah, God put a stop to him. And this is probably the reason why. So, <laughs> now when Alexander went to overthrow Tyre, and of course there's no escaping the tale... Of these silver flying shields. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that somebody probably told him, "Look, look, Jack, you can't go to Babylon. You're not allowed to do that in human anyway." And probably these self same entities drop a hammer on him. No, no, you can't do that. God didn't say nothing about that. No, you ain't doing it. And this bleeds into the other things about his Jewish, you know, hairdresser. That spread the rumor around that, hey man, this this dude's got horns underneath his hair. So I'm sure everything was really bubbling to the surface. So you talk about a Salah moment when then all of a sudden you realize, well, let's take a very good look at Isaiah chapter 28. It states that they make a deal with death. Now, obviously... That makes God really, really mad. So he just says, i tell you what, we'll just shove that idea down your throat and death's going to flee from you. And then I'm going to throttle my footstool so nothing can survive on it anyway. But you're not going to be able to die. So when you realize that, I mean, is he – do they try to – do they actually make a pact with the fourth writer? Or do they make a pact? Uh, with Abaddon himself, and make a pact with death. And God says, no, I don't think so. So, do do you understand that – well, look, just take a procuratory read over just the trumpets. Just the trumpets. I, I mean, God makes himself pretty clear. It's pretty uninhabitable. So, is this their design to escape into paradise? So, just absolutely off-the-hook implications here. I mean, would you be, in effect, escaping into the Garden of Eden? Is this why they were called the Hanging Gardens? Joe, back to you. Uh, You have the mic.
1: Yeah. um, That's one of the things, actually, I've been noticing is that they're uh, with – I don't know what you – I I would guess, I would say the the kings of the earth over time. Uh, I've noticed time and time again that this has been almost a constant, uh, you know, where they are, I don't know how else to put it, but almost trying to discover or come up with a back door. Um, You know, right now, I I think in in just in real time, uh, I've been noticing Oh, in the headlines uh I, I've lost count of how many different uh planets they have uh it looks like they've been scouring for some place to escape that way as well. Um, but it, it seems that this is a you know, a constant thing, uh with, with the uh the kings of the earth or those in in, in well leadership, I guess you should say, I, I guess I could say I having a hard Hard enough time coming up with that uh, idea there, but uh, I guess the leaders <clears throat> of the Earth or the the bad guys, we'll just say, um, of uh, coming up with this some sort of something, some sort of back door, uh, whether it's through uh, genetics or. Um, some sort of technology or, or otherwise um, and yeah, I did find that really interesting um of, of looking at the uh the way that they were actually uh, coming off of the different uh, rivers with a uh, watering system um it seemed that uh they weren't too sure about Nebuchadnezzars but uh for Sennacherib they they found uh uh definite uh, uh traces of, of of his uh water system off of, uh, with Tigris, um, for the same, same thing, um, which was extremely interesting how they, uh, were using such a technology to, uh, to come up with this, this whole thing. Um, there was other, uh, Oh goodness. Um yeah, it, it seems when I you know, the more you study, the more you you see that they were they were trying to almost enact uh the Garden of Eden because uh, of the foliage that they were using. There was uh one of the uh articles that I found that um gave a list of of all the uh well, the trees that uh, were good for for food. Um I found that extremely interesting that they were uh almost trying to mirror this thing as as well as the uh dimensions and i think it was the one in uh Sennacherib that they found a measuring rod that was made in bronze if i'm not mistaken um that uh was a uh, cubit uh that they were possibly using uh during the uh, bronze age but uh all kinds of different uh information, but uh that's kind of I guess I'll I'll kinda of leave it right there. My it's kinda of where my thought ended.
0: Well it's it, it's enough to throttle your mind just just to say the I mean just when you understand what it's really talking about the simple fact that oh my goodness, this, this makes a whole lot of things make sense in the Bible. This this, this is reasonable that these gardens were hanging Babylon itself was a marvel because they built it over the river literally the wall literally they built it over the Euphrates River so the approach of this from the desert, I mean what Alexander the Great must have saw on his approach realizing that well Joe this is where Astronomy comes from. The Chaldeans are the ones that, that came up with all of this. So, not only did the Greeks know that, well, you know, when it comes to time, when it comes to those stars up over your head, if you want to know what's going on, you ask the Babylonians. You've got to go to the land of the Chaldeans. And you're coming up, look. A foreigner would have known in their heart that this has got something to do with the heavens. This has got something to do with the Garden of Eden that we were expelled out of. And this is where they're trying to get back in too, is this Garden of Eden because once you go there, you don't have to work anymore. Oh, you... well,
1: yeah, that's exactly what I came across too was that that was uh, – <clears throat> Uh, the ancients uh you, you said the Chaldeans and um, i'm trying to think of the other there was there was two others that they mentioned uh being experts uh in astronomy, but uh that was exactly. Uh, that's what exactly all the ancient uh, texts say, and and that um, you know, numerous times I came across that the very thoughts and the, and the writings uh, of um, Alexander the Great's uh, scribes of what uh, what he saw and, and the details of that. So yeah, I, I mesmerizing would have been almost an understatement.
0: So it's 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 this idea of escaping. God's judgments Going back to the perfect place Uh, You don't have to eat uh, I mean by all Reason I guess you don't have to defecate You don't age This is a place to be And God's judgment only Exists on his footstool And of course this is in Hyper reaction today Once you get into paradise you don't have to worry about Prodigy do you Joe Nope You don't have to worry about your heir right Of course we don't anyway we just We just kill most of them, right? Yep. And of course, the other part, we just use birth control, right? Yep. Yeah, everybody gets the point now, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. So you don't have to work for your food. You don't have to work, period. You literally are on a permanent vacation. If you can just get access – now look, not into heaven, into Hades – If you can land on that island in Hades, you got it made. Now, it's interesting, speaking of plants, of course, we know that the New Testament speaks of how uh, there is uh, different flesh, both for different animals and plants. We know that all flesh was corrupted. This is why God instituted the judgment of the flood. It begs to reason Uh, we know that trees are... uh, magnificently effected just by sound. I mean, you can play really loud, throbbing music and trees will grow away from the speakers. They've proven this. You play soothing music, the trees will go toward the music. With this in mind, it's probably above our pay grade, but not so much as for us to get a basic reckoning of the idea that uh, a fruit tree probably has massive... Uh, effect on, well, the magnetic field of a general location, especially at what? (laughs) That's right, any particular altitude. So, just the fruit, I mean, you you understand, ladies and gentlemen, that, uh, well, the fruit would certainly be a gravity well in of itself, wouldn't it? Of course, it naturally would.
1: Um the other thing I found interesting was uh i think in the in the art, one of the archaeological digs, if i'm not mistaken they found uh uh lead they found traces of lead um that they uh they said that uh, would have uh, used as uh, almost uh, mm, a mortar if you will in between the uh the bricks themselves uh, which I found very inter- interesting because it would have held uh, uh, the water in place um, where it, you know, with the watering system, it would have washed out uh, the mortar possibly. Um, but they uh, found traces of lead that they would have put on the outside of it. But I, I found, you know, just looking at the properties of lead and the uh, – well, that that in itself I found very, very interesting if you were going to – Use that in some sort of uh well electromagnetic field or or design that that would uh, kind of keep things in place uh, if you will or keep uh well i guess things in 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 somewhat of a controlled environment um not not only just for the mortar but
0: it would have separated the fields that's what you're trying to say
1: yes exactly, right. thank you.
0: It would be a way to mechanically create, of course, a, well, oscillating field. Let me explain. You could have generated a toroidal field going one direction. If you would create a barrier of lead, you could have a toroidal uh, ring going the opposite direction right outside that lead casing. Yep. And the question is, is this what what they were doing? They were creating different levels, and there were magnetic uh, fields in between the different stories. Is this why they were circular? They were manipulating literally what you and I both know as the caloris effect. Right, Joe?
1: Yes, which would be interesting to see where what they planted and where they planted it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we could probably learn because whatever was going on, I would imagine – that the opening of this gate, Joe, and I'm going to state this is the first time I've ever stated it publicly. However, I've stated this and talked about this many times before in, well, in Sunday school class, on uh, different uh, levels that I was teaching, that uh, it's inferred in the text itself that this was creating an inversion, a chateau, a a silhouette, if you will. What they were trying to to do and what physically what would have had to have happened is – it would have reversed the Caloris effect, Joe. Now, that probably took you by surprise because here uh, within the past 12 months we have we had a tornado spinning the wrong way in South Dakota. And you've got a lot of mechanical amplitude, Joe. Now, when I speak about the X and the Y, that not being enough, you have to have elevation being the Z. You understand what I'm saying, but Now that Mm -hmm. I put that in such a way, uh, whatever was happening, it was reversing the Chloris effect to open up this gate into paradise. Now it really makes you think because you realize that, yes, lead is what would be required to insulate these fields one from another, correct? Absolutely. So that's that's just enough to throttle your mind, so… Let's uh, step back for a minute. Um, Aaron, uh, jump in here. Give us your thoughts and uh, uh, expand on whatever we've talked about or uh, your own direction you'd like to go.
2: Honestly, I'm not really entirely saying that, but I guess you could go with – you could stand on the fact uh, um, that the scripture says that they will try to make their nest among the stars – and um in ezekiel we're given a description of babylon being like a an eagle uh that's perched on the top of a tree so uh i just wanted to point that out that um people are going to try to make their nest among the stars in uh, babylon in a sense and i could explain the uh the new Babylon concept.
0: Right, son. What you're saying is, is a new way of looking at that text. Yes, they will try to make their nest amongst the stars. You thought they were talking about astronomy, right? You thought they were talking about about Betelgeuse, right? Or Alpha Centauri. No, no, no. no that's, are you sure that's what the scripture meant? Are you sure the script wasn't meaning that they were going to try to make their nest in paradise? Well, with the angels. They're going to make their nest where the stars are supposed to be from, where the angels are, where they're supposed to be from. Now everybody takes a deep breath. Oh my goodness, is that what God meant? Well, from the very beginning, that's what they've been trying to do. Now, just just take a deep breath, because you already know this in your heart of hearts. You know what I'm going to say before I say it, and it's making your heart uneasy, isn't it? You know what's going to come out of my mouth is going to rattle your cage. But you're going to be forced to believe it. Because what happened in the parable? What happened in the Lord Jesus Christ' great riddle? He said the angels carried
2: Lazarus.
0: Let's reword that biblically. The angels come and took Lazarus to a nest amongst the stars. Now, this calorous effect, of course, would be extenuate into the heavens what is the equator of the heavens that's the ecliptic that's our pathway through the heavens that's the equator is our path so logically speaking if you want to go up in the northern hemisphere and go to Polaris let us say you're going to have to spin in the opposite direction if you want to go to the south pole star now you get my drift that's right. The Lord Jesus Christ stated this and he meant it that the angels got Lazarus and carried him to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's nest amongst the angels. That, that's right, the angels that the angels can go there and back. That's where they take the Christian. So now those now those verses everybody's scrambling for, well why won't Matthew give me the exact no, you need to find it yourself, you know they're there it's just you think everything else is more important like the ball game like the movies like your anniversaries and your birthdays I mean (sighs) boy everything's important except that, right, except the Bible, everything's important except that, so Now you realize that, well, this great big guff, the language itself. Joe, why can't you stick your hand and get eggs out of the eagle's nest? Can you tell me why? There's a great big guff between you and the nest, right? The the language insinuates that that's exactly what paradise is. It's a nest above Hades. Now look, they were talking back and forth the landowner was in Hades and he was talking to Abraham, correct? Mm -hmm. He just said, I can't get to you and you can't get to me, right? Yes. And yet the angels gave escort to and from. Amen? Yes. So the trick is in the altitude. And if you get there, of course you undo everything God wants. You don't have to worry about anything anymore. You don't have to worry about tilling the ground or you know, having to deal with all these weeds and, you know, in order to be able to eat, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You escape all the judgments, right, Aaron? Right?
2: Well, yeah, like, the wrath is really going on on earth.
0: Right. But you don't even have to worry about the 120 years, do you? If you can just get there, everything flies in the face of the Lord your God, right? And everybody gets quiet when I say that. That's right. If you can get but into all, paradise, you can you actually get out of jail free if you could just get to paradise. Aaron,
2: they're all pretty sure that we found the site of the Tower of Babel in a place called Borsippa. Literally means the tongue tower or the tower of tongues or languages. So, uh, in there Nebuchadnezzar went and remodeled it. Um uh, He didn't, like, rebuild the tower, but he built basically a temple or something on top of it. And he wrote on it a dedication saying that a former king built it, but because the tongues were confused, they were dispersed. He dedicated it to Marduk, his his god. And um, so uh, scientists have done, like, studies in the sand, I guess. There's evidence in the sand around this structure – is that it was literally crystallized, it was turned into glass, which would only be possible through extreme heat. Now, the the scriptures doesn't really come out and say that God actually destroyed the tower, but the evidence there seems to imply that he burned it down with intense heat or something. And when, in, in the passages that we're talking about um, they'll make their nest among the stars. It says that he would bring them down. That God would bring them down.
0: And can I say something? Go ahead. Yeah, literally. What it just literally, you could prophetically say that what he did was invert the field. He reversed the flow. He nuked them. Yeah, yeah. He. Joe probably understands what I'm talking about. He reversed the polarity of the Stargate, and it nuked him. Yeah, that that that's what God just. Just said.
1: Yeah, that would that would definitely do that.
0: Yeah, he reversed the polarity on him. Flick at the switch, baby. Ride the lightning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry. That right would there. be it. I'm sorry. I just I, like I just blew my mind. That's a magnificent amount of power.
0: Yeah. yeah. he just he just reversed the polarity. I mean, he Joe, he's god.
1: Well, I I know. I know I'm not doubting that. It just it just well, you know how my mind works. I was Calculating there for a second.
0: Well yeah, I mean
1: of the power so Well,
0: you're a welder, right?
1: Yeah. Well
0: Well what happens if you got her cranked all the way open and you're just minding your own business, laying this bead down, and God decides to reverse to clarity? Guess what?
1: Kaplowie.
0: Yeah, Kaplui.
1: <laughs>
0: Bye, Joe. Bye.
1: Yep. No, I get it. I get it. That's why I was kinda like, Wow.
0: Yeah. And now that you take a deep breath, Joe, and my son can take a deep breath because he can really look at the original language and see that, well, how would you state that using 4,000-year-old Hebrew language, Joe? Exactly what God said. hmm And that would certainly nuke you. Yeah, You turn the glass. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You see, what would generally speaking happen? You know, most people can have... Identify this with with a nuke, right, Joe? Yeah. Okay. You know, there's a big difference between a fusion bomb and a fission bomb, right? Yes. Okay, amen. Well, just imagine this. You had some fusion going on, and God flips the switch. And midstream, this fusion turns into fission. Mm. Uh! Now you understand, don't you, Joe?
1: Point blank, (laughs) yeah.
0: All your hopes and dreams just went up in a blaze of glory. Amen? Amen. Just the question is, when did God do this? Because Genesis 11 doesn't seem to mention
2: it. It just says that he confused their languages and they were scattered because of it.
0: Well, that's the problem, son, because if God did what I just said and reversed the Caloris effect on a midstream, literally time rewound for the event. I mean that's why I said Well,
2: I mean you know, when you think about it, the perhaps the effect of such power was what you know, had something right. to do with their the changing of their languages. <laughs> some sort of yeah. mental I don't know if there was some sort right. of mental energy. Involved or something, but the scripture says that they were of one language, and together they could do literally anything.
0: Okay, you ready? Are you ready, son? Yeah. Okay, let's talk to Joe for a minute. Joe, can you you understand the the principle of encoding information, right? Yes. Okay, and really, the data is there, right? You just have mm-hmm. the have to have the right access code, uh, much like my laptop right here. You have to have the password, correct? Correct. And if you don't have that, it's encoded and you can't see it, correct? But the data is there, right? Correct. Right, that's what God did to you, Joe. Literally speaking, he encoded our brains to different fonts. So in the beginning, all of our languages were the same thing. We all had the same – it was not ciphered. At the Tower Mm -hmm. of Babel, God changed pathways with certain polarity just for the language center of the brain. Mm -hmm. So they have diverse, well, traffic now. They have diverse pathways. There's a pathway in our language for Babel. In Mm -hmm. Greek, it's the same word, but you have to use a different pathway. You understand? Yep. Each language has its own pathway in the brain. That's what God did. He literally encoded all the different languages in the different uh, people groups. So yeah, that, that put the kibosh on the whole system.
1: Yeah, that's kind of that's that was yeah, when I was looking at that uh, at least in the strongs that was that was what I the conclusion that I was starting to come to was that you know he because he almost he almost says it twice but he's trying to give you that that illustration because uh, he says language and then he says I think uh, speech or something he gives it a different phrasing and when, when you start to study that out it starts to give you the idea of of literally a mindset um of of one speech and then by and then the verbal is kind of the next uh approach to it you know of what what was verbal and came out but the first was the understanding um is is how i looked at it, it was this understanding of the language uh the mindset of that language and then the second was the actual uh the function or the uh, the actual usage of that. And then, you know, it. it then he kind of gives the same thing where he said he, he basically uh, gives the same two phrases uh, after the change, that he basically changed the mindset and then he changed the actual action of the language or the use of it. So, yeah, exactly what you just said.
2: So I don't want to sound like crazy new age or anything, but was there somehow that they were, you know, mentally linked, like, psychic linked to the tower somehow? This was what language that was, like, like Joe was talking about a language like this. What if it was kind of like they were using, like, the internal their, their mental languages to you know, as like a computer code? (laughs) <laughs> this just sounds really crazy sci-fi but like but if that that would explain why when the machine exploded it had an effect on their brains
0: right backlash well take a deep breath okay let's let's just let's just, <laughs> let's just let the rubber hit the road joe joe you have mind waves right they can hook you up to a machine and detect your brain oh. waves correct Absolutely. That's right. They sure do, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm, I'm sorry, son, but when you go into a- an extreme magnetic field, it will affect your mind. It literally affects your brainwaves. They know this. They, they can do it. So, yes, son, that's what we're trying to say. That this backlash when God switched to polarity on this. <sighs> This field that they were using to reverse the caloris effect to open a gateway into Hades, the backlash that that whip short-circuited all of their brains. And yes, in these these fields, everyone on the same tier or story of this uh, garden structure, yes, son, they were all well, you know, like the bees. Uh, they seemed to be able to think with one mind. Yeah, that's what was going on on each of these tiers. Their minds were open to each other. They were all flowing, having the same thoughts. This is what God was literally saying. That they people. were... Let me finish, son. This is basically what God was saying. They were thinking with one heart and one mind on each tier of this hanging garden. Literally, this is why all things were possible. They didn't have to teach. To speak with you, they—they they were all physically on the well, mentally on the same page. They didn't have to talk; they were—they were of one mind inside this this field. So, uh, go ahead, Aaron. I just have that would to... make
2: building. I mean, that would make building a lot easier. Uh,
0: have you ever built ha, Have you ever built, son? Now you know that's what your daddy does, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, if I could have be a crew that I didn't have to talk to, and we didn't have to read the blueprints, and they did exactly what I was thinking, baby, that'd be bang. Well, but especially yeah. when you've
2: got like you know probably thousands of people, right? Um, and you and we, we're not sure how tall this building really was, but once you're you know a few miles up, you like how would you communicate with people on the lower tier? Mm-hmm. To you know, bring up whatever
0: supplies you'd have to have a messenger. You understand? you didn't well, <laughs> you'd have to have a an angel, because the angel would be thinking your thoughts, and then he would, uh, you know, traverse to the second level below you. Right? Right, Aaron? Well. When he did, when he got on the second level, then he wouldn't be thinking your thoughts, he'd be thinking all of their thoughts and immediately he would translate what they were t- what they were thinking on the level above you. So this would require a messenger, son. Require a messenger. Just one messenger would be going up and down the ladder, you know, okay, we need to do this. So as he went down the ladder he'd, you know, wave at everybody on that level and they'd immediately know what he was thinking. Okay, that's what we're doing. And he'd keep on going down the ladder. When he got to the first tower, I was like, you understand? He was he was relaying their thoughts. This is exactly what an angel. This is exactly what Gabriel did to Daniel. Well, Amen? I mean,
2: if they were all of one mind, I mean, he wouldn't have to have all that. Like, well, but that's like that's the huge thing. I mean, how tall was this thing, really? I mean, well, you you read like you know, uh, rabbinic stuff, uh, extra biblical stuff. They 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 use phenomenal heights. They they like insane heights. Right. But you don't know how tall it really could did get. There's a point of course where where you start running out of air, and then there's a point where, you know, I think there's a point where it might start getting it starts getting toxic. But you I mean, we don't know how advanced in technology these people were. We the scripture does inform us though that they could do anything.
0: Right. That 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 is the key. And and like I said, only on the individual tiers, only on the individual stories were they of one mind, okay? That's why the lead was insulating them, because this field could only go so far, so they'd have to repropagate the field on each level. So a messenger, okay, the people – let's say the boss was on the top. The boss, one of the people on the bottom, to do something. One messenger would go to the second level. And then everybody on the second level would know what that messenger was thinking. Okay, yeah, all right. So then he would leave that level and go to the bottom level, and immediately, once he did that, all of them would be thinking his thoughts too. But you understand that the lead would separate the fields because these fields would have to be concentrated in their place, in their, well, space. So that's why they were using the lead. So, (laughs) yeah. When you realize that Oh my goodness! If you could do that, then all things would would be possible. I mean, you'd I mean, imagine how fast you could build a skyscraper. If you didn't even need blueprints, well, the blueprints was in the boss's head, and everybody was on his page. And I, ladies and gentlemen, you just don't realize how massively efficient that would be to have manpower on the same page. Um. Not only that, you realize that the emotions would blend and the focus, concentration of Nebuchadnezzar would have been executed on a grandiose scale. The least common worker would have been of the same passion and persuasion as Nebuchadnezzar himself. Now do you (laughs) understand? So, making a nest amongst the stars, like I said, we've already been told that's how... Lazarus got there, an angel took him and no matter what you say, no matter what you think the Bible most certainly uses the term star for angels, oh yes it does yes it does so, realizing that this guff could be a z-axis and they knew the altitude they had to get to before they even created the gate it's enough to blow your mind and the best way to stop this is just have God just walk up and flick of the switch. Well, let's reverse the polarity. Could you imagine your brains being short circuited? The massive feedback that would have happened <laughs> it turned the, the sand to glass. So I guess that in a lot of ways you'd have to be well, a welder to, to understand what I'm what I'm saying.
2: Well the problem here is how did they, how would they even, I mean, like, I mean, a massive amount of people, you know, if they were actually still working on this thing when God divided their language. Uh, they would have been nuked. I mean, you're talking about probably thousands of workers at once. I mean, why, I mean, if this thing was literally reduced to nothing by a, a heat so intense that it would, they could turn, you know, sand into glass. Oh. I mean, that's pretty intense right there. Uh, and the scripture doesn't say that people, that that was what was done. It said that they scattered. So, I, I don't know. Like, like, that's the problem there with, with that. Like, um, like, like, how do we reconcile that?
0: Well, son, uh, let's do this. Uh, Joe, how many volts go through a taser? Uh,
1: fifteen thousand.
0: Really, <laughs> really, fifteen thousand.
1: Or no, it's fifty thousand. I'm sorry, oh, fifty
0: thousand. I'm sorry, fifty grand. Fifty thousand, Joe. Fifty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. So, under normal circumstances, isn't that enough volts that you can weld with that at the right amperes?
1: Oh, definitely with the right oh, amps, yeah.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, don't – yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yes, with the right amperes. Oh, yes, you can. So the real question here is when you know this, that there's a whole lot of complications going into electricity. You have volts. You have amps. You have a whole lot of different ways that, well, when it gets right down to it, you're dealing with frequencies. And all depending on what you're using this electricity for, you can only affect, well, certain certain substances. Everybody knows this. Everybody. Just like listening to sound. Sound is a frequency how everybody's listening to to my voice right now it's simply attuned to a certain frequency if joe's voice was at a different voice from mine you wouldn't hear both of us you'd only be able to hear one of us so the question is was was this backlash only designed to affect that apparatus i e Joe, if you are got an aluminum ladder and you accidentally touch off of your power lines going into your house when you're cleaning the gutters, what happens? Oh, you're dead. Yeah, you're you're dead. What happens if you do the same exact thing with a fiberglass ladder?
1: No. No, it has to, it has to uh, conduct.
0: Right. It has to conduct, right? So mm-hmm. you're not hurt at all if you use a fiberglass ladder and you can smack the wires all day long, right? Right. So, what happens if you have 10,000 volts go through limestone? Does it hurt you? No. Now we're on the same page, aren't we? See, Aaron, the Lord your God can target energy wherever he wants to, and he can affect whatever strata requires, well, for the event. I mean, lead, Aaron, is not a very good – let's ask Joe. Joe, do they make lead wires? Is that a good conductor or is it a bad conductor?
1: No, it's a very poor conductor.
0: So you can actually use lead and do this. Well, I should know because I've done it before.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I've taken a lead shaft and stuck it in the outlet to see if it would hit me. I was, uh, well, 12 or 13 because I wanted to know. Well, Mm -hmm. if they were using lead as an insulator because that would insulate the frequency as well as the electricity, it would be perfectly safe. And I was right. They would be. So, looking at it that way, Aaron, only the building materials would have been struck. So, the Lord being God, he can do this. He can direct energy whichever way he wants it. So, under such auspices, yes, they would have had to deal with a massive shockwave, which would have blown them away, literally blown them away, literally as in the shock blast. Would have certainly blown them over and knocked them down and certainly spread them out. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that he had to kill them. I mean Moses should have been dead as a hammer, right, Joe?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean
0: he was hanging out with the Lord his God. He should have been dead, but he wasn't because God mm-hmm. said no, right? Yep. So, Aaron, that's that's what we're probably looking at here. Is is that what happened? I don't know. I do know this, that, well, you already stated this, that somehow the sand got turned to glass there. There ain't no debating that. So, yes, God did something. He really got ticked off. So, that being the case, of course, who would have survived such event? Well, duh. I mean, duh. <laughs> I mean, duh. Where did they find the quarries for the uh, pyramids? Yeah, I know where they're at. hmm So, you realize that under any circumstance, the building materials. At least half the people would have survived because they were away at the quarries, getting the building materials, getting them to the the tower. Because this was a this was a daylight hour operation, right, Joe? Yep. Every day, the entire people was working on this tower. That means that a great swath of them were in transit or at the quarry, cutting out the material from the rock. Probably at least one third of the entire workforce would have survived because they weren't on location right, Joe? Easily. Yep. Yep, that's right. That's right, Aaron. So, back to you, Aaron. Uh, further thoughts? I mean, is that the truth? I, I don't know, but it makes plausible sense to me. So, back to you.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I looked around the sublime oracles. It was, uh, you actually mentioned them about, uh, just uh, you know, a few minutes ago, about the the, uh, the ribs in, in the mouth of the bear, uh, according to the prophecy of Alexander. So uh, I looked around in there. That's where that's the the the, the text which talks about the Titans as the sex, second generation of giants that that lived after the flood. It gives them the names in Greek that Greek mythology uh, gives them, especially Kronos and uh, Aethus. Actually, pretty um, pretty consistent with the concept of uh, Hamshem and Japheth, and these giants were like instigating the this the, this tower in in an attempt. Well, it was a sort of act of rebellion. The text implies uh, uh, to it was a some way to make war with. Basically, the heavenly realms. Um, I mean, perhaps not necessarily against God, perhaps against angels. I don't know, but um, I mean, if I'm right, that Isaiah chapter fourteen uh, is talking about that—that—that that, that about this this one, this certain Babylonian king who wanted to rise above the stars of heaven, i.e., the angels. And basically become like the most high. I guess that would make sense, but I don't know. Um, let's let's just let's thoughts I have on it.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, boy, I hope this has been enough to get your gears turning, get you into the Bible, get into those original languages, see what the word is for paradise. See where it takes you. Check out the historical references. Um, exercise your faith. Try to edify yourself. At least try. Joe, your closing comments, please.
1: Oh my goodness! Um, I had you know, uh, I had an absolute blast with you guys tonight discussing this, and I had an absolute uh, blast um, with the just just the study of this. This was. Um, so immense, and it it tied in so many different things um, uh, of other things that I've been looking at, and 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 gave me some new questions too, some new possibilities. Uh, just just looking at different elements and opened up some new, well, some new doors to to look at too within the scriptures and 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 dive a little deeper into into some other things. So for me, this was just uh, this was just a blast um, all the way around. Um, I, I really enjoyed this as, as always. So, uh, thank you both.
0: You are most welcome, Aaron. Your closing comments, please. Well, I mean, um,
2: it opens up our minds again, and to, 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 I mean, we may not be necessarily right about whatever everything we the conclusions we've reached. You know, the, the things we've considered, we may not necessarily be right, but um, God gave us brains and the scripture. We gave us, he gives us the scripture and our brains by which to, you know, um, interpret what it's saying. And can you, I mean, I hope this encourages people, like, to actually open your Bible. Don't have people tell you how to read your Bible you know, tell have people tell you, you know, what to believe about what the scripture's saying. See it for yourself. What is it saying? Because a lot of it, it's ridiculous how many times we see, you know, how, how how many modern, you know, interpretations of the scripture, we're completely wrong. So just keep an open mind, people. You know, just study it with an open mind. That's where I, how I got where I where I'm at. I mean renowned at my college for having some pretty, you know, open views about the scripture, you know, pretty different from most people. You know, it's it's I, don't know, I just just I don't really like having people tell me what to um, what to think about things. I I would like to see it actual in scripture hardcore evidence if you got if you can back up whatever you're saying by scriptural evidence, then I, then I'll actually stand with you, but if, if you know, people are just, you know, building up on something just because it was believed that way for years by, you know, by big people, I'm not going to really stand by it. So, and I think people should be like that too. Uh, other people should be that way too. Don't have people tell you how to interpret it. Just read it yourself. God gave you the scripture for a reason.
0: Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, I hope you have enjoyed the broadcast. Until next time, God bless. Godspeed.